pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 2 Podcast. This might be college football, heaven. Talking to uh, Greg Byrne, getting some perspective on the big news out of Tuscaloosa one week ago. Let's get back to the calls, and Harry is in New Orleans. Uh, hello, Harry. Afternoon, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, a real quick uh, comment, Paul. <clears throat> Thank you for asking those questions to Greg Byrne, and his responses were not only refreshing to a Tide fan like me, but I feel a lot comfortable. It's been the first time I've ever heard Greg Byrne speak, so uh, I'm I'm very impressed and, and feel a lot better about the Tide and the future of Alabama football. Um, Paul, if you would be so kind as to just very briefly open open the floor to a topic of caller of the year, I'd appreciate it. Sure. Paul, <clears throat> Louisiana, as you know, sportsman's paradise. Would like to cast 199 votes <laughs> for Dominic and one vote for Augie. Thank you, Paul. I'm just sorry that Augie got one vote. Thanks, Harry. Uh, Dominic is up next in Pittsburgh. Hello, Dominic. Hi, Paul. How are you? How about that? You're the early favorite, uh, according to Danny Sheridan, for caller of the year. Yeah, that's good, but I'm really sad right now. Oh, I'm sorry. What's going on? Caden Proctor literally left Bama for Iowa. It makes no sense to me. I know all these kids want the money, but I was not even going to be a contender next year, and I'm just really mad about it because he can bring up his draft stock at Bama and can even win an well, well, not only Not only that, Dominic, they've got a coach who is dead man walking, and uh, he probably won't be there next year, so the kid will probably be transferring again. Yeah, and then Caleb Downs, dude, I swear, this kid, I love him so much. He played such a great season, but, like, come back. Get out of the portal, buddy. What do you need? PayPal, Cash App, I'll pay more than Kirby. Come on, Caleb, just come back to Bama. Don't go to Georgia. Don't go. I just, it just doesn't matter. Hey, Dominic, you said you're uh, 10 years, you're 12 years old? Yeah. You just called, what, an 18-year-old a kid? Yeah. Okay. It's just. So, so, so tell us this as, a, as, as the youngest caller of the Bama Nation. You've lost a bunch of players. You lost two of your best players today. Uh, your recruiting class from last year has taken a hit. Your recruiting class for this year has taken a hit. How do you feel as a Bama fan? I feel broken. I'm just so mad right now because Caleb Downs and Caden Proctor could have stayed there and I know they're about the money, but you can make that much in the NFL. And they say at Bama, we win a natty. I'm telling you, Paul, and I'm just really mad right now. Okay. Well, Dominic, uh, you're too young to have seen that movie about 25 years ago where the uh, – was it the player or the agent that said, show, show me the money? It was a player. Uh, yeah, and- I mean, I like the money too, but, like, I like football. Come on. I want a natty. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, your your natty well, chances, uh, yeah, Jerry Maguire. Uh, your your natty chances did not exactly go up today. Yeah, they did not. But I I have a good feeling about that. Dominique Jackson from USC and LT Overton. They look like some good defensive yeah. players. And well, well, well here's the good news, Dominic. There's some money available. Hey, thanks for the call. David is up next. Good afternoon. Hey, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Great call, Dominic. Um, Paul, I just want to thank you again for everything that you do on a daily basis. Uh, it's three weeks today that we lost mom, and I've 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 watched you or listened to you every day, and uh, it's it's kind of what's keeping me going. So I appreciate what you're saying uh, and what you do. Uh, I appreciated the interview with uh, Ad Byrne. Uh, he brought the fact that we had had two great coaches at Alabama. We had the bear, we had the goat. Now we got the boar, and I'm 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 really looking forward to this season. I don't think Alabama could have hired a better coach with a better winning percentage in his first few years of coaching as Coach DeBoer has been. And Paul, tell me where do you think this fits in? on the top hires in the last five years. Well, David, uh, uh, it's probably the biggest hire in the, in, the, in the last five years. I think it's very difficult to, uh, and one thing I'm trying not to do, because it's, we're, we're, the reason why I can't give you a good answer, I had somebody ask me, they said, well, do you think Alabama could still win the national championship? I don't know who's playing for Alabama right now. Uh, anybody who thinks they can give an evaluation of what this football team looks like, because we know what's gone. The one thing we don't know, David, is what will come in to replace that. So I think you have to be patient. Listen, again, I appreciate your call, and I'm, I'm still terribly sad about you losing your mom three weeks ago, and uh, you were in our prayers and, and, and many thoughts. You, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Uh, Daryl is up next in uh, Baton Rouge. Hello, Daryl. Hey, Paul. How are you making out today, man? We are doing great. Thank you. Yeah, I wish I was making out pretty good. I got knee replacement surgery. And oh all. my goodness, uh, that's so. I've, I I I know I've been friends with some orthopedic surgeons before and in the past, and they always tell me, Daryl, the surgery is not the key. It's it's how you rehab it. Uh, what, what's ahead? That's what I hear, Paul. That's what I hear. But uh, and let me give you some advice. Even though I'm not an orthopedic surgeon, you have to be a you have to go crazy in the rehab, according to my friend who's one of the preeminent orthopedic surgeons around, sports orthopedic surgeons. So I know you need to do what they tell you to do, but don't, don't take off a day because the faster you rehab, the better you're going to be. Yeah, that's what they told me. That's what they told me. Also, it's going to be robotic surgery. Okay, well, that's good. So that's, that ought to be interesting i have uh when i was uh about 25 years ago i'm sure you've heard of jim andrews uh he played he actually was an lsu uh, track star he uh he later became probably the top orthopedic surgeon in the country uh out of birmingham he handled alabama auburn and almost every famous player uh of his era i i did a story on him one day uh, and i went into surgery with him daryl and it wasn't uh an, it was a knee replacement but back then they literally sawed the thing off I'm not kidding you. Uh, and I walked in, and I don't know. I mean, I was about, I had about passed out five minutes into it because it was so loud. 
uh, and so bloody uh, that it, 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 it really drove me off. But th- today it's so much easier. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Look, I enjoyed the interview with the AD, and one main thing I take away from it is they really uh, welcoming Coach Saban as an advisor, and you'd be stupid not to take his advice. You understand? Well, uh, you have to uh, because he's connected to every one of these players, and he's uh, nobody. I mean, if if I mean if 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 you're a a, a fat cat in Bur- in Birmingham or Tuscaloosa or Mobile right now, and you you walk back from lunch. And you got two messages, one from Nick Saban and one from DeBoer. Who are you going to call back first? Nick. Yeah. I mean, that's not even, that's not even uh, a debate. So, uh, I mean, he, he, uh, I think what Greg did a minute ago was explain his importance to the program. And at some point, uh, Coach Saban will do whatever he wants to do. He'll have another job and, and he'll concentrate on that. But right now, he is still a critical element to uh, – maintaining what Alabama has built under him. We'll take a break. More to come with Antonio Langham, who just got selected into the College Football Hall of Fame, a great Alabama defensive back. He'll join us in a few minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free, no insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. And welcome back. Great to uh, be here. Uh, Antonio Langham coming up. If you're just getting on board uh, in the car or at home, we uh, talked to Greg Byrne, the athletic director at the University of Alabama earlier, and there was uh, quite an extraordinary conversation. Let's uh, check in with Saran in Meridian. Good afternoon. Hey, Paul. I just, I can't wrap my head around this, Paul. As hands-on and methodical as Nick Saban is, how did he just go up and retire without a succession plan? I mean, I, I'm I'm a Bama fan, and I know some of the Bamas are going to be like, well, he didn't have to, but he left the program basically in shambles 
by just up and retiring. What do you think about that, Paul? Well, I, I think the, the verdict on that is still out. Um, there are a couple of confusing aspects, uh, and I've spoken to people very close to Saban, including his boss a minute ago, and I don't think anybody was certain that Nick Saban was going to retire last Wednesday. Everybody thinks they knew something, but uh, it is a fact that uh, one of his children was, was headed to Florida at the, at the time it happened, so, so there wasn't a lot of warning. Uh, I mean, I've covered a few of these things where they were chaotic. I've covered some of them where uh, it's all done in one clean swoop. Uh, and there was clearly uh, some failure to communicate here by someone. Well, well, how this is my thing. Saban's inside the building. How could he not keep Caleb Downs, Caden Proctor, and all Rick, all these other kids, at least hold them still and, and well, get so Ron, them? Well, here's what I think. I, uh, the answer to that is, is this, I think, and I don't know it, but I think. I think that's something that Saban worked on uh, after the game two weeks ago. I mean, his job after that game was to lock down his players. And I, and I yeah. feel like he did. And the second he walked out, they said, so what? We're gone. Uh, and well, once they met, I mean, they, they met with the new coach and then they're bouncing out. And here's the danger of what's going on at Alabama. Uh, you, you were 18 or 19 once, weren't you? Um, right. When you're that age, you're very, you're emotional. Yeah. And, and when your buddies start to walk away, it, it makes it more difficult for you to stand firm uh, because that's how that's that's well, that's how recruiting works. Well, let me say this, Paul. What do you think about this? Do you think with the NIL and the transfer reporter, Saban was fed the freak up. Do you think this was his some sort of twisted way of, of blowing that entire system up by somewhat sacrificing no no I mean listen about you, you're not I mean that, that I mean Nick Saban uh, is a brilliant man but it, it, it's not going to really matter I mean the only person the only school being uh, affected right now is Alabama uh, if every one of those players walked out tonight Georgia's fine Tennessee's fine LSU's fine only Alabama isn't but, well, one more thing, Paul. I mean, this is go. This is about Kirby. Kirby does everything the same way Nick Saban has done it. Now he doesn't have anybody to emulate. So what is he going to do now, Paul? What's Kirby going to do now? Uh, I tell you what he's going to do. He's probably going to win a few more national championships. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> I hope not. I because, hope not. Because what, what's call, clear Paul. to me right now is that Kirby Smart is in a class by himself. Uh, he. He was always in Nick Saban's shadow. I mean, the only way he could have even moved out of that was to win three in a row that Saban prevented from happening. And don't, don't, don't lose sight of that. I know we've talked about it, but I think that was a big part of, uh, I mean, I think they're very close friends. I think Nick looks at Kirby as a son, but that doesn't mean I've seen father and sons be pretty competitive, as you have. Um, Brad is up next in Memphis. So hello, Brad. Hey, Paul. How you doing? Weird well. Thank you. I think... I think Saban told everybody exactly what was about to happen. And I don't know if if we really want college football to be what it currently is. Yes, it's, right now it's just Alabama that's being affected. But Harbaugh takes the NFL job, then it's Michigan's roster. 
another program a coach leaves or is fired or gets promoted um, to an NFL, then then it's that program. And then and then you got Kirby and, and all these folks coming in and sneakily getting recruits and stealing people's roster. I just don't think that's right. Is that really what we want college football to be? I mean, you, you are a proponent of college football, the pageantry of college football. And this the NCAA has let this turn into a complete and utter disaster. This is the NCAA's fault. I, I completely agree that student-athletes should make money on their name, image, and likeness. But to, to allow other but, but programs... Brad, let me, let, me, let me throw this back at you for just a second. If, if coaches can leave and do whatever they want to do, and that's exactly what they do, why can't players? That's a good point. Players, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, think about this. How do you think the University of Washington feels right now? They, 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 they give this guy. Uh, I mean, he was at Fresno State for heaven's sake. They give him a big time job. They go to the, they go to the finals, and he's gone. And their program is is coming apart. And all their coaches are going to Alabama. I'm sure all their half their players will come to Alabama. And I don't mean to, I'm not being insensitive. Uh, but it's not like Nick Saban wasn't out there taking players from, from everybody in the past either. It, you know, he took he a player did. from Ohio State. He took a player from Georgia. He took one from uh, and that's, from Vanderbilt. And that's he took one from was, Louisville. That was immediate needs and well, those players. And he's, but he specifically stated that, you know, he goes into the transfer portal. Hey, by the way, Kirby Smart didn't, uh, didn't send a, a, a moving van over to Tuscaloosa. All we know right now is that uh, he's 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 circling Caleb Downs. Yeah, he was there. He flew into Tuscaloosa, and they said it was because you know he was maybe congratulating Nick Saban. Don't think that there wasn't some alternative move to that. Well, Brad, uh, I don't blame Kirby Smart for going in and taking anybody he wants. That's that's the way it is. I mean, let I me mean, listen. I know Alabama fans are beside themselves right now, but don't lose sight. You got a coach. He's capable. That's what I heard since last Friday afternoon. Best coach in the country, best, best hire in the country. You don't think he's capable of, uh, of salvaging this program? Swamp Dog is up next. Hello, Mr. Paul. Hey, Swamp. Great to talk to you again. Thank you. Uh, I want to refresh your memory about a conversation we had about three weeks ago regarding the, uh, the Sabanitis. Remember Sabanitis? Oh, yeah. By the way, also, what about Henry uh, Toto from Tennessee? I mean, I, mean, I don't mean to go. Yeah, keep going. Disease. Yeah, I remember Sabanitis. The disease. Oh, well, well, yeah. well yeah. That, well, I, that is a rare disease, by the way. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't inflict, uh, it, it can only inflict one person at, at a time. Well, you remember I gave you a suggestion of how to get him over that. I'm talking about I man. Of course. What's that? I can't remember. And, and I, I I said get the man to talk about music because everybody oh, yeah. everybody's wore out. They talk about you know, the Almond Brothers. They've been hatred. Yeah, you know Almond Brothers. Yeah, Leonard Skinner. I know he knows a lot about music. I, I'd like to hear him talk about that. And I know your callers would because they're fed up with hearing him. Beating on Nick Saban. Well, Swamp Dog, he uh, he's not going to talk about music until he uh, gets the uh, Sabanitis out of his system. And according to uh, Dr. Fauci, it's not curable. We'll take a break.
More to come. We have a Hall of Famer coming up here in a few minutes. We've already had Greg Byrne on, the athletic director at the University of Alabama, and we are back after this. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Back on a very busy afternoon. It is Wednesday. Seems like... uh, it ought to be March or April. It's only the middle of January. Let's uh, check in with Tommy next in uh, Birmingham. Hello, Tommy. Hey, Paul. What's going on, man? We're doing great. Thank you. I want to salute that guy down in Alabama, man. I think he's doing a pretty good job down there. I think he done put a pretty good staff together. But um, what I want to address is this NIL and this transfer portal, man, and just the and just the um whole logistics of it, man, just um these guys being able to take money and leave when they want. Oh, uh, I don't I don't have a problem with paying these guys. I really don't because everybody else getting paid. But what I have a problem with, Paul, is them being able to leave after they take money from a university. I just feel like they need to go back to the old way of putting it back to if you leave, you sit out for a year. And I have no problem, Paul, with them opening back up the portal after that if a coach leaves and letting them leave 30 days after they coach leave. But other than that, Paul, they shouldn't be able to leave a university after they commit to a university. Yeah, you know, they Tommy, the thing to that bugs me, uh, I understand players leaving after a year or two, but, but what's really uh, alarming is players who just, but we haven't even, re, I mean, who are still technically in high school uh, and they've already committed and they've already enrolled and they've already practiced with the team and now they're leaving. Uh, it is chaotic, but you're right. Um, and it is where we are. And that's why you've heard every single coach from Nick Saban to Lane Kiffin to elsewhere talk about this. And I think we're probably closer to some legislation because it is out of control. But but ultimately, uh, it's okay if you're an Alabama fan and and somebody else is getting torched. But when it hits you, it, it brings it a little bit more into focus. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Chuck is in Mississippi. Hello, Chuck. Hello, Mr. Paul. How are you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, I'd like to talk about something that, I mean, you give us a wide platform to talk about. Yes, sir. And your passion for 
only thing that exceeds your passion for sports is your listeners. And I just been talking with uh, prostate cancer, <laughs> and I'd like to call in and let people know the importance of that PSA test. It's not the perfect test by no means, but it's the best we got. And well, Chuck, uh, let me I'm ask you this, uh, because uh, one of my closest friends died of prostate cancer, so I'm yeah. unfortunately acutely aware of, of what it's all about. I just saw where Prince Charles is going in the hospital uh, next week. Uh, he's got a, a benign uh, reading, but uh, he's going to get treated. Uh, where, are, where are you in the process? Okay, what happened was this. In August of last, I moved my physical up from end of the year to August because my blood pressure elevated. So we went in and he said, well, you're 60 years old, 65, so we're going to give you a PSA test. He did. It came out with 6.2, which I mm. don't mind giving the figures because right. the more information people have, the better off it is. So they refer me to a urologist, which sure. I went. He took the PSA test there again, just to make sure. Then I had a biopsy, which to anyone who it's no, you know, I've had that before. It's not any different than a colonoscopy. It's a, right. almost the same procedure. So that came back, I don't know if you know about the Gleason scale. Yes, you I do. You may know about it. I'm on the low, low end of it, which is a blessing. Right. I have a 3-4, which is a score of 7. And it goes from 6 to 10. And I just barely, but I, I went back in. And because of my health, I'm in good shape. I mean, that's probably one thing that worked against me because my testosterone levels are high. Right. And that pretty well fed it. So I'm going to be having, he suggests having the prostate removed versus right. having radiation. Okay. So I just want to make sure. Well, Chuck, uh, listen, I'm extremely sympathetic. I would be regardless of, uh, I, I went down this road a couple of years ago. It turned out it was a kidney stone. Uh, but until we figured that out, I, I had every test under the sun, and uh, it's it's a it's a difficult thing. And I've had a number of friends uh, going through it, and I, I'm glad to hear you talk about it because a lot of men won't talk about. It. We just had the uh, Secretary of Defense uh, have a similar right. issue, and it, it you know the, your health is your health. It doesn't matter what it is, and uh, right. by you mentioning it, you're you're making a lot of people aware uh, of, the, of of the importance of a PSA test. Well, like I said, it's not perfect. I mean, no, it, it's but, but it's pretty. It's good. It's, it's better than no test. And I think it was expired. It was that the gentleman who had called in with his. Yeah, right. Yeah. And of course, I didn't have anywhere near his level. I asked the urologist what was the most highest prostate scale that I mean that he's seen. He said five thousand. I said, my word, I about drop out of the. He yeah, said, yeah, it's You're uh, in good shape. I am really, I'm gratified to hear you, you talk about it because I, you may have just saved somebody's life by talking about it. Well, I hope I did. I mean, I don't like giving all my medical stuff out, but if it gives someone some uh, initiative to go and have the test, I would be more than glad to give what I've done to someone. No, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not trying to be a diagnostician, but I, based on what I know, and I know more than I really ever thought I would know, 
uh, because of friends and because of uh, at least going halfway down that, that road. But you're, you're, I think you're in good shape uh, because you got it in time. And also, Daryl, who just called in with his knee surgery, right? Tell him he's going to do fine. I've had four knee surgery. I was <laughs> with the 101st Airborne. Wow. So I have a, I had two knees blown out in the hip. So Are you, uh, I'm, I'm, for, for, uh, for, in my mind, a, a relatively young guy, you've had quite a, quite a, quite a few experiences. Well, I appreciate it. And like I said, I'm a, I'm a dedicated listener to you because of, your, of what you provide to other people. And you're so encouraging, and I listen to you every day. Well, Chuck, all the very best. I just heard from a friend of mine who's been down the same road, and uh, he wishes you well as, as well. And uh, stay in touch. Uh, thank you very, very much. Uh, it's, uh... Why don't we take a short break? We have a lot happening here. We had Greg Byrne on about an hour ago, and we have a couple other guests who are joining us shortly. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. How about this? Antonio Langham, one of the great defensive backs in Alabama history, just selected recently to the College Football Hall of Fame. He's been in a few other Hall of Fames prior to that. And uh, one of the great players played a critical role in the 92 National Championship. Uh, big, a big pick six against Auburn. And uh, he did it again in the championship game. These are, this seems like a long time ago, Antonio. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Why are you doing today, man? They were a long time ago. <laughs> and you, you, uh, you broke a lot of hearts in a very short period of time, like Pat Dye and Steve Spurrier. Well, that, that was my job. I mean, we were on a mission. <laughs> we were trying to get to the national championship game, so I, I didn't have time to be caring about people's feelings at that uh, point. And, and, and my, oh my, you did not. Um, <laughs> when, uh, I mean, you had, a, you had a big career. You were taken early in the first round. You, you played with the Packers and a couple other programs. And as you... I mean, when you get that news, uh, I mean, first of all, you, you just don't walk into the College Football Hall of Fame. You have to be a first-team All-American. You have, you have had to done something very important. Uh, how did it come down? Um, uh, it was – well, I, I knew the uh, announcement was coming out, but I thought it was coming out on, on Sunday. So I was looking for it, but then I saw where uh, Randy Moss and, and Alex Smith received their football on the Sunday, uh, on the Sunday show. So I, I was like – well, maybe they're just going to announce the rest of the guys later on that night. But then I didn't realize until it was later on that it was on Monday they were going to re release the other names uh, right before the uh, championship game. 
and I actually was in uh, in Nashville at the coaching uh, coaching conference. Um, I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm over here at uh, Miles College. I'm I'm coaching over here, getting ready to go into my second year uh, with my teammate Sam Shea, who's the head coach here. And I was at this convention, and um, and uh, our AD Greg Byrne, he he texted me that morning about nine. And he was like, "Are you at home, or have you received a package at home?" And I was like. But Greg, I'm actually not at home. I'm in Nashville, but I'll be at home later on today. He was like, well, just let me know when you get home and let me know if you receive a package. I was still clueless at that time of what was going on. And then later on in the day, about 2.30, 3 o'clock, he texted me. He said, well, just call me when you get a chance. So I was like, something's going on because now he's asking me to call him. So I stepped out and uh, he called me and he was like, uh, I just wanted to be the first to tell you. He said, but I need you to promise me that you're going to keep it under wraps for about an hour or two. So I was like, keep what under wraps? And he was like, congratulations, you're a Hall of Fame. And I was like, I was like, quit playing with me. Now is not the time <laughs> to play with me. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, no, I'm serious, man. He like, congratulations, you're now a Hall of Fame. And I was like, I got real quiet, real speechless for a minute. And Paul, you know, that's probably unlike me to be quiet at any moment, to be speechless. So for me to be <laughs> for me to be speechless for a minute, it was it, it was it was an amazing feeling, man. I I like I tell everybody, I'm 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 truly blessed, man. Truly, truly blessed, and I and I, I appreciate uh, Greg Byrne, University of Alabama, the athletic department, and everybody involved in um, the um, National Football Foundation, the board, and. Everybody who was involved in, in voting, man, I just want to say, uh, send a heartfelt thank you to them all because, man, look, it's, it was 78 guys on that ballot. And to be part of that 19 or uh, uh, 20 some guys that are going in this year's class of the Hall of Fame, man, it's, it's, it's an amazing feat, man. And I just want to say thank you to everybody. Well, it is amazing. You, you went through it a couple of years ago at the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame, which, by the way, is, is a tremendous uh, accomplishment uh, in and of itself. I want to go back a little bit because you, uh, you, you grew up in Town Creek, Alabama, and this, we're showing the list of some of the other guys that you're going in. Tim Couch among them, certainly one of the better quarterbacks of that era, the first player taken in the draft. But you, you grew up in, in Town Creek and, and played for Antonio, what, what may be uh, one of the truly remarkable high school football programs uh, anywhere. Uh, you, you played with a, a number of guys, a, good, a bunch of goods, uh, I mean, which I think you related to. I mean, that, that had to be a great start uh, before heading to Alabama, didn't it? Oh, man, uh, growing up, as a matter of fact, I grew up about five or six yards away from uh, uh, all the good brothers, Chris and Kerry and all of them. And then uh, when, I, when I entered the seventh grade, I moved in with them because uh, my mom moved to Huntsville and she knew how bad I wanted to, to stay in Town Creek and play at Hazelwood. That was where my father played at. And my father passed away at the age of 21 from complications from a, a car accident. And, he, and uh, so uh, he, was, he wasn't around. So I wanted to stay there and kind of live in Town Creek and play at the high school he played at and kind of live his legacy. I heard so much about him as a football player. So to to grow up in Town Creek and, and, and to be – uh, around all the athletes, not just the Good Brothers. I had cousins that went to Ole Miss, Mississippi State, uh, Austin P. I had an uncle uh, who played in the early 70s, and he went to Alcorn, and then he went to the NFL. He played for like five years with 
OJ Simpson with and, uh, the 49ers, uh, Seattle Seahawks. So I, I kind of can be a little cocky right now, uh, be a little boastful and say that athleticism runs in our family. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been up there and uh, it is, it is an, I mean, everybody talks about Friday night lights, but you go to, you go to a football game uh, in Town Creek and you're going to see the best. So, so you get to Alabama and uh, you didn't waste a lot of time becoming a superstar, did you? Uh, I came in as a freshman, and but I'm, I'm telling you, it was I was small when I came in. Though I was like five ten, like a hundred and and sixty five pounds, and they were all like, "You're gonna be red shirted. They gonna put weight on you, muscle on you." And I'm like, I've been playing football. I started high school football in the ninth grade. I was starting in the ninth grade, and I, I haven't been used to to sitting out. And I for a while there, I thought I would be red shirted, and I, I had a long conversation with uh with Chris and uh, and especially with Kerry, he came up to the school one day and talked me off the ledge for a minute. I was like, man, I'm not used to sitting out and they talking about I may have to be red shirted, but if, if you just give me one second, I just want to say this, man, um, brother, brother Oliver, Coach Stallings, I, I love him to death and I thank him so much for giving a young man like me from Town Creek an opportunity to be a student athlete at the University of Alabama to, to get a degree and then to play at, at such a, a prestigious university. But man, brother Oliver, Bill Oliver, I I never forget it. He he goes home one night my freshman year, and he tells Bill he tells Bill Junior. He said, Bill Junior, I think I have myself something special. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. But I I think I have myself something special. So if I could just take like two seconds out, man, I just want to tell uh, Coach Bill Oliver, brother Oliver, I know he's in uh, in uh, Tuscaloosa, living in Tuscaloosa now, and uh, he's dealing with some health issues, man. But I just want to tell him, thank you, man. He he took a chance on 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 a young kid from Town Creek, a small kid, but boy, did we go to work and and Coach, look where we are now, man. We're in the hall. <laughs> hey, and I'm glad you mentioned him. I, I sat with him one day. I don't know when it was. 10, 15 years ago, he was thinking about doing a book, and he told me the whole story of uh, the national championship game. And and I, I we ought to just, I mean, it was one of the, you know the great stories. Guys, I mean, he, what what he, uh, I mean, what, what, the way he masterminded uh, the Heisman Trophy winner of that game, and you played a fairly big role in all that. Um, he, he truly is one of the great defensive minds in, in, in SEC history. He really is, man. I mean, just to be who he is, and 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 now. I mean, even when we talk now, when I get an, I have an opportunity to speak with him, uh, he could he could fire every defense that we ran at, and in '92 in that championship run, and uh, we t- we talk about it all the time, and he brings it up a lot, and he he questions me as if like after thirty some years, like I still remember the defense. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, so I, 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 you, I mean, I know, you were a literally a nightmare for a quarterback. Um, and I don't know, I mean, you have to have great eyes, you have to have great coordination, but man, you you knew where that ball was going a lot better than that wide receiver did. Oh man, it, it is called studying. It's called hard work studying and, and paying attention to detail. And and then that's how you, you get to get to be uh, where you want to be and, and as an athlete. You, you pay attention to detail and you go out every day, and you work hard and you, and you push yourself to be the best person you you can be, man. But I, I have a lot, a lot of teammates to thank, man, for where Antonio is today. The, when you look at a, a team of 
football team. There's no I in team. Now, I hear the joke all the time. Some guys say, well, there's an I in Antonio, but <laughs> there's no I in team. <laughs> hey, don't, and don't, I, don't, I, I thank all of my guys. I, well, I, was with with, uh, <laughs> I was with George Pugh a few weeks ago at a banquet, and I, I mean, I know about what's going on at Miles, <laughs> and uh, he... Uh, he, we, we were having a there was a banquet honoring the 73 team and all he wanted to do was talk about miles college um i said i was, I was at that i was there that okay. night <laughs> i said enough george i'm the mc get out of here uh but antonio i, I have a thousand questions we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll do this again when when uh, we can grab you for a little bit more time but on behalf of everyone congratulations uh, i know we got you got it's next december but you're going to have a great ride this fall hey paul thank you all so much for having me man i really do thank you the one and only Antonio Langham, uh, who played probably the most critical role in uh, Gene Stallings' national championship in 1992. They were about to, about to blow the Auburn game. They were about to blow the Florida game. And he uh, had game-winning interceptions and pick sixes in both. We will take a break. We are halfway home. Br Greg Byrne joined us at the top. We'll recap what he had to say. More on the transfer portal and the chaos it is created right after this. Thank you for listening to the best of the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Watch the Paul Feinbaum Show weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on the SEC Network. Plus, you can listen and watch on the ESPN app.